Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for me. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. No man is an island we can be found. No man is an island let your guard down. We're not meant to live this life alone. Through trouble, rain, or fire, let's reach out to something higher. Heart of the mighty waters, blue like the morning sky, cradled, caressed by the winds. Heart of the mighty nations, whose flags we're proud to fly. Where the rock fortress stands, blessed with the sun-swept glory, like steps to heaven's door, whom God loves, he gives a home to Mackinac. Brought to you by WKTV, I'm Wayne Thomas. Welcome to our forum in search of paranormal possibilities. Please join our panel of paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, Brandon Jose, and Ghostbuster Kim Colleen, and our special guest, Todd Clements. Before we get to the discussion, I'd like to thank Darren Dykhouse. He was here last week. He's from LSP, Lakeshore Paranormal, and he's serious about it. Right, Brandon? He's serious. Yeah. He's doing it right. And so uh, more power to him and his friend Jamie Ray with uh, Paranormal Wonders. We invite her and uh, Darren back to the show. Thanks to Gene Gregory, as always, uh, producer extraordinaire. So these poems and songs would have us believe that no man is an island, but I think we may have found the except, exception to that rule here tonight. Um, either that, Gilligan and you, yeah. Todd, are probably... We're on an island. <laughs> so, and then your author and expert, particularly on Mackinac Island, here's two mm -hmm. of the books that you've written. I've uh, dissected both of them. I actually have a couple pages. Whether we get to that doesn't really matter. And at the end, we'll do a thing where we go into our final thought. And so if you're promoting anything, which sure. you must be, this has to be your it's what I do. peak year, right? It's what I do. So. Isn't this when it happens this time of the year up there at Mackinac? Yep, we're busy. It's cooler up there, too. But yeah, it's this is our busy time. Yeah, it brings some of that coolness yeah, back. Yeah, I wish we here. could. Right, so... Yeah, well, so um, I know you talked about in your first book, what is a ghost, uh, why ghosts haunt, and types of ghosts. Um, we can get into that, or we can go any place you want to go. It's your Whatever show, you Todd. <laughs> it's up to you. I, well, there's so much you to have cover any in these I books. know, that's why. You, you kind of like, if you weren't a ghost hunter, which we have ghost hunters with us, right. they probably knew most of this stuff already because it's kind of the stuff that we were teaching along the same line. Right. Because we talk about intelligent ghosts and residual energy you have some different names uh, of course for some yeah, of that different stuff. names but they're all basically the same thing um well it all got started when i was a kid i did start the whole idea of what is a ghost when i was about 12. uh saw one when i was 12 years old and i was one of those kids who liked to know the answers to everything i always tell people on christmas morning i'd open up my presents i pull out all the toys, turn them on, do what they did, and then i get a screwdriver, take them apart, <laughs> figure out how everything worked, and put it back together and hope it worked again. Right. Um, it kind of was who I was. I was a tinkerer. I wanted to know how things worked. And when I saw something I couldn't explain, I wanted to find an explanation for it. I've got some, but I can't answer it all. No one can, I don't think. 
Um, Where did you grow up? I grew up just north of Detroit. Okay. So uh, still live just Rochester Hills area. So uh, we were on Mackinac Island when I saw that ghost at 12 years old. Summer vacation, and we're sitting by the pool. I had just gotten out of the water, put a towel, was drying off, sat down in the chair next to my mom. I'm staring up at these giant bluffs behind Mission Point. And there's a man standing up at the edge of this bluff. And I'm like, oh, is he going to jump? What the heck? Oh, you can't get that close to the bluffs. And then I noticed he isn't solid. I couldn't see any legs. He's wearing a T-shirt. He had short, buzz-cut, blondish hair. I mean, I could tell you a lot about him just right. by seeing him, but he wasn't solid. You could see that there was faint bluff and bushes through him. You could see it, what was behind him, kind of through him. And I'm like, Mom, look at that. And he was gone. I turned my head. A second and he just was gone so immediately i was like well, what was that oh my gosh ghost ghost stories what's this oh i've heard about ghost stories i've watched some of the shows you know in search of with learning more and all that i was watching those back then shows my age um and i uh went to the bookstore and i said yeah what bo- books do you have on ghosts they didn't have anything at the time at the time there was maybe a couple books right. i think they had a hans holzer book maybe one and then I got home and I got subscribed to the Time Life series books. Uh, those you remember those old books, the big black books with the UFOs, cryptids, everything. They did everything, right. ghosts. And uh, I'd go to the library and I would read books on the paranormal, but I never would check them out because I didn't want someone to think I was a weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing that linked me to it was a subscription to the Time Life books, which were really popular. So I thought, oh, I can get away with that. No, everybody's subscribing to that. But if I go to the library, check out some of these old books about ghosts and real true ghost stories and how you investigate them and all that, they think I was a little weird. So I never really did anything publicly. A few of my friends knew about it, but not everybody knew. I was researching ghosts and ghost stories, and I used to go investigating alone as a kid. I think that's really why sometimes smart. they don't get reported. It's like re- saying you saw people, a UFO. Yeah, people think you're too... You're crazy. Off and something's wrong yeah. with you. But um, my first paranormal tools were a pair of dousing rods, which were made of copper, and they had dowels on them or little things on them so that I couldn't actually manipulate them. Right. So I read about that. I've in the seen book. those. And uh, a cassette recorder, big cassette recorder, not micro, just the <laughs> big box ones sure. where you hit the tube record and play button. And right. you just sit there. And then when you're playing it back, you hear, like, is anybody there? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's demons in here. And I found out later on, cassette recorders make a lot of noise when they're moving those yeah. little spindles. And I was like, ah, oh. I didn't get a whole lot as a kid because I didn't know where I was going. I just went wherever I thought was, ooh, it's abandoned. Ooh, it looks scary. Let's see if it's haunted. I mean, there was rumors of places, but I also was a kid. Didn't have a car. Had to ride my bike places. So I was like, eh. And then when I got older... Started going to more places. Got a few friends who would go with me. They thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, guys, be quiet. I want to see if we get anything. So I was kind of weird that way. And uh, so that's kind of where I got started with it. I remember getting my first EMF gauze reader. Gauss reader. Gauss? Gauss? I can't remember how to pronounce it. But I remember yeah. I saved up for it. It was like $185. I thought it was like a million dollars at the time because I was mm-hmm. 15, maybe 15, 16. Right. And uh, I remember taking that out and getting, thinking I had a ghost nine times out of ten. And I I'm realized not sure what you're referring to, Brandon. It's a know? little old. It's an old meter. It had a metal, like, swing thing, hmm. 
it was analog type type was of thing. Is it measuring EMFs? It's measuring electrical frequencies. It's kind of it was an elect, basically an electrician style tool. Sure. Looking for like lines and walls and things like that. But I read about EMF and all that, and I was like, ooh, well, I got to get one of these. And he mentioned what it was, and I found it. I don't remember how I found the thing. Um, I think I went to a hardware store and said, "Do you have any?" Uh, they didn't ask for an EMF detector. I, I said, think that "Do you have work. anything?" that would uh, measure electrical frequencies. And they're like, oh, you need to go to this. They sent and said, go to this electrical store. They'll have them. They had one, $185. Didn't get it that day. A few days, wow. maybe yeah. a few weeks later, I came up with some money. and went Did and you ever it. see it work, that tool? I saw it work all the time. Right. But at yeah. first, I wasn't sure what I was getting. At first, well, at first, I thought it was ghosts, all ghosts. Everything was a ghost. Then I realized that wires in the wall were setting it off. Mm-hmm. Um, the motion sensors on doors at supermarkets would set it off. I mean, all kinds of weird electrical things would set the thing off. And you go near a fuse. Then I started coming. I learned more as I was learning on my own. I learned through books and things like that. And I took it to a fuse box. And it went oh, off yeah. the charts. So I was right. like, those weren't ghosts. Those were electrical flares and things right. like that. I might have had something, though, and not known it. But I didn't know how to to properly debunk when I first got started because mm-hmm. nobody really was talking about it. And then, of course, I learned over, over time what was real, what wasn't real, kind of getting a baseline reading on a location. Yeah. You talk about that in one of your books, yep. taking base readings. Yep. I think that instrument would do that. Oh, it did. It did, but I didn't Just know like what I was K2 doing. like a K2 or a millimeter yep. you talk about. Pretty much K2 is almost the same thing. It's not as accurate because you just get lights for ranges. So right. you can get an actual right. I use millimeters more now for that because they pick up the actual number down so to decimals and everything. I'd even use a compass. Compass could because do it too. Because if your compass yeah. goes crazy it throws it for off. no reason. There's an f- electrical frequency right. messing with the it. The theory is for the people that aren't ghost hunters or ghost busters is that spirits carry a charge. They do carry a charge. And, and you talk about in the book how they, if there is a charge present, they can use that to manifest. Yep. Whether it's moving water which Magnol has currents that rip through it. Right. And uh, the island's made of quartz limestone, brickade limestone. So if you are familiar with a lot of famous haunted locations, Stanley Hotel, some of those places, where are they? Brickade limestone and quartz. Those are the materials that um, are stored. I've heard Gettysburg has a lot of energy. it too. So it stores the energy and they can pull from it. And then they have the history on the island, the history. There's a lot of estimates of how old that island is. Uh, some people say Native Americans started showing up 8,000 years ago. Some say 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Depends who you're talking to. But uh, there's just, the history goes back to, I mean, the Ice Age. They found a walrus skull on the island from the Ice Age. And the legends of the island, how it rose from the, the waters after the ice melted from the ice, last Ice Age. They thought it was a giant turtle rising out of the water. Hence, they call it Mackinac Island. They say Mackinac is uh, basically short for the Great Turtle. However, right. in my research, we may have found another answer to why it's called Mackinac. Uh, Mackinac Island, the story goes, this is from a chief. I cannot remember his name. He was near Traverse City, but he died probably early 1900s. But he was supposedly one of the last people to know the story of a tribe that lived on Mackinac Island. Didn't visit. They lived there. They were very quiet. They kept to themselves. They didn't deal with anyone. They didn't war. They didn't trade. They just kept to themselves. They were called the Mishla Mackinago. Mishla Mackinaw. Right. Mackinaw. Mishla Mackinago. 
And so the name is right there in the tribe's name. And he said that they got wiped out. Uh, They were protected by some of the tribes in the region uh, because they were peaceful and they kept to themselves and they just, they kept some of the other tribes from trying to steal everything they had and attack them. But there was a war, supposedly a war party forming. I don't remember exactly which tribes it was that were in the war party, but it was somewhere in Wisconsin. There was something going on. So these tribes left the area to go to a battle somewhere. And the Iroquois came in, slaughtered all but two of the Michelin-Macanago people. And the only two that survived were they were hiding. And when they left the island, it was winter. They walked backwards across the ice to where St. Ignace is now in the Upper Peninsula so they couldn't be tracked. They walked backwards thinking they, they were coming to the island instead of away so they wouldn't try and track them off the island. And there's stories of them having a family in the UP and they had kids and then it just goes blank. Is this all new information or this is it's been a we got it a, a probably three years ago we got the name of the tribe and everything. Uh well how'd you we're get just, how'd you get that? It was in a very old book and this guy was had a story. This chief had a story in the book talking about the Mishla Macanago and their really? story. It's the only place I've ever seen it published. It's the only place I've ever seen it and we don't know if it's true. We're taking it for the word of a chief. I'm assuming he's telling the truth, but that's the only proof that they ever existed. And there is legend on the island of ghosts on the north side of the island of Native Americans being slaughtered. Well, that would definitely fit into your story. Yeah, that's where, like, sometimes when you're doing ghost stories, the history and the ghost story work together to figure out what it is. Yeah, it's like pieces of a puzzle. puzzle, And we've had a few stories where we hear a ghost story here, we hear one there, 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 there. It's all similar ghosts. It's all similar stories. Kind of mm-hmm. fits into like pieces of puzzle. And then we're like, okay, what can we put together with this? We actually found out one of our ghost's names, who she was, she married, where she lived. We found everything based on just people seeing her in different locations doing mm-hmm. what she does. We had no idea before we started. Actually, I love the story. Catherine Lapine was her name. I love this story because it's one of those, it was like a 10,000-piece puzzle, and it came together. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we're not missing anything. It's right there. It was there. Um, it was 1918. I think it was 1918 uh, was the year she was on the island. She was, I can't remember her exact age. She was of age to get married and have kids. She was young but not not too young mm-hmm. and she lived on the island with her family in a house called the Lazen's house it was a rooming house but her family lived in the back and uh, so she's on the island and she falls in love with a man and I'm not going to remember his name because it's a really unusual name um, it's in the book I know it's in the book I've talked about her tragic story. stories right it's not this is actually a good this is a happy ghost oh, story wow. it's a residual haunt um which is energy Ju- for the untrained people. Julius? It's not necessarily a spirit attached to it. I think his name is Julius. Pretty sure it was Julius. But uh, she fell madly in love with this guy during the summer of 1918. Uh, they basically were like, I mean, head over heels. There was only one problem. He's already married. Mm-hmm. And then she got pregnant. And then she he decided he's not going to make her an old maid and all this because back then it was still you got pregnant before you were married mm, you're not going to ever get married you're 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 
an old maid, basically. Uh, so he divorced his wife, his current wife. Three days after the divorce, he marries her. And the two of them move to uh, Houghton. Yeah, Houghton. And live happily ever after. Actually, it was Hancock, which is near Houghton. Um, they lived there happily ever after. They had kids. They had family. And that's the story. That's the story that is like their history. But what we found was the ghost that is seen is whistling or humming a song. Now, that was our first big clue. We didn't know what the song was. We never actually had an experience with the humming ghost. We've had experiences with a woman whisping through, but we've never heard her make a sound. Well, we had about four or five people who have heard this who had told us about it. And one, just around Christmas time, one, I don't remember what year it was, a guy texts me on my phone, because anybody who has a good ghost story, I give him my phone number. And he texts me, he goes, I know the song, I know the song. I'm like, who is this? He goes, the guy who saw that ghost on Hoban Street that was uh, whistling the song. He goes, it's called Hearts and Flowers. You can see it right now. Turn on your television. Watch the movie Christmas Story with Ralphie. And I was like, okay. It's when he gets soap poisoning. That's the song she's humming. Is in it. He found out it was called Hearts and Flowers. So that's all he told me. So I go, okay, Hearts and Flowers. I look up Hearts and Flowers. And it's literally silent films it was huge accompaniment silent films it was uh, a movie in 1918 there was a movie house on the island that did silent movies and in 1918 they played the movie hearts and flowers there's a link yeah so we're like okay hearts and flowers okay and we found out all about that found out i didn't find her name at first that was the first clue was the year i got a year it's 1918 it's around 1918 it's got to be so her ghost always disappears at where there's bike parking right now. So I'm like, okay, why is the ghost always disappearing there? So I go to old maps of the island. There's a structure there. It's gone. But there was a structure there. That was the Lazen's house that she lived in. Okay. It's gone now. It's torn down in the 1940s. And she disappears where the front door would be. She oh. basically deers where, when she gets into her house, the ghost story is over. The residual disappears. She's gone. Um, her style of clothing, everybody says it's Victorian-ish style clothing. Um, she had a parasol. She has a sash on. It's a long dress. It's a white dress. And people describe her to a T. Sometimes they say they see her with a hat. Sometimes not. But the route she comes, where the first sightings are, in the back of the, the old theater. It's now the Haunted Theater. It's the fun house. But the back of the Haunted Theater is where they, people have said they've seen a woman in Victorian clothes moving around back in this alleyway. So she goes through this alleyway. Now there's a stable there. She goes through the stable. Then there's a big open field behind a hotel on one side. It's the back of a hotel. On the other side, it's the back of a bunch of shops. And it's just a big open grass field. She goes through there. And I've heard people tell me they've seen a woman walking through there. And uh, she's twirling a parasol. I'm like, okay, parasol, parasol. Okay, it's all coming together. Yeah. Right? This is only like a half a block, maybe half a block, uh, the whole thing people have reported but it's all separate reports. to me period clothing is yeah, key that was a big it's, thing right that's kind of to a residual or what i would call, call historical yep you even have another name for it um, uh, imprints imprints yep. right imprinted right imprinted into, into the into fabric the, into of, the, of time the, or the environment basically in the environment say limestone is a so she basically goes into the next stop is village Inn restaurant notoriously had ghost stories for years staff people go there they've heard village Inn. 
things moving, uh, rattling, things turning themselves on and off. I don't know if there's a separate ghost there because it is built on top of an old cemetery. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they moved. Right. They moved most of the bodies, but not all of the bodies. Right. We know for a fact there's four still there somewhere. Uh, so she goes typically into the women's bathroom is where she would be walking if she's going. She's walking home. That's the route she would take right. to go home. It used to be a cemetery. So she's walking through the cemetery because it's the straightest route to her house. She goes where she would be walking, we're assuming based on the sightings and everything like that, it would be the women's bathroom. Now there's a report of a woman that came to us that was going into the women's bathroom. As she was going in, a woman in Victorian clothes was coming out of the bathroom, made no sound, didn't seem like she was walking. It seemed almost like she was gliding. And when she passed her, she turned around to see the dress because she thought it was somebody reenacting or something like that. She wasn't in the restaurant. And you can, if you've ever been to the Village and Restaurant, you can see the whole restaurant from the bathroom doors. She wasn't there. She vanished. There's also stories of the stalls and their doors swinging up and closed on their own. There's those um, infrared uh, uh, sink. They activate the sink by moving near it. Oh, yeah. Those turn on and off on their own. So there's a lot of strange things that are happening. And when she disappears, we found out the name of the house. We found out the year. It's sort of like 1918 Lawson's house. Who's related in Lawson's house? It's a woman. We know it's a woman. She looks like she's in her early 20s, possibly. So we started doing research. I redid all the genealogy on the family. It was the Lapine family that was basically running the Lawson's house. And they had a daughter named Catherine who was right about that right age. And I read her story and about her falling in love and tragedy of of him being married and her getting pregnant and this and that. And I'm like, okay, why is she so happy? They got engaged that day. We think they got engaged the day that they went to that movie to see hearts and flowers. And she's going home, leaving happiness all around. Humming that tune. Humming the tune, happy walking, going home. I'm getting married. My life is going to be great. Yeah. you know. And it left something behind. They always say high tragedy or happiness, high emotion right. leaves residual haunts. Battlefields, it's horrible. It's war. It's terrible. Murder scenes, horror, war. Yep. But there are good ones too. And this is right. one of those ones where she was so happy, she left something behind. So it's not really a ghost, but it's a ghostly thing. Right. Or so, even routine. Yep. You know, Brandon, he's seen a full form apparition. It, it wasn't necessarily period clothing, but it would have been the clothing that. The apparition was wearing. Mm -hmm. Did you say it was like a '70s track suit or something? No, it wasn't. It was more like a basketball warm-up suit. Oh, that's he had right. passed away like a couple of years before because, like, I had seen somebody come walking in the hallway. It was at a radio station, and like, I asked him, like, would there be anybody up here? Up here? And like, no, there should be nobody else up here. And like, like I described what he looked like. Oh, like, yeah, he used to be the manager here. Like, he passed away a couple of years ago. Like, you described him. Like, that's that's what he would have worn. And I, I mean, I remember the first one I saw. Yeah. I was in disbelief when you're a child when I was a kid I was just like no way you got hooked early did did you ever (laughs) investigate who that possibly was on the bluff yes yeah I know everything about him now you do (laughs) yeah um we found out it took a long time because it wasn't something I mean I found out he goes by the name Harvey it's not his real name and I said out of respect for the family I won't use his real name because he died in the 60s uh we found out a lot of weird things about what happened it's kind of one of those 
it could be a good murder mysteries type story. Hmm. Uh, what we found uh, about Harvey, well, eventually I asked somebody about him at the resort years later. I said, yeah, as a kid, I saw a ghost here. And they're like, uh, was he a guy? I was like, yeah. Like, oh, Harvey. Like, oh. like they already knew about him. Everybody already knew about okay. him. He's pretty well known there. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's a practical joker. And I said, yeah, I saw him on the bluffs above the pool. I don't know what he was looking at. She goes, girls in bikinis. <gasps> <laughs> he's a 21-year-old, he's a 20, like 22-year-old guy. He was a college student. Mackinac Island used to have a college, Mackinac College, which was Mission Point Resort, was where the college was, dorms, everything. It was it was a school. Right. And he was a student at the school. And uh, she told me, yeah, he died up on the bluff. And I, uh, in the first book you'll, you read, he f- went off the bluff. Well, that was the legend that everyone had been telling. And then we decided to dig a little deeper. We got the police report. Mm-hmm. He did not throw himself off the bluff. And I corrected it in the second book how it was actually gunshot wound to the head. Oh, wow. The only catch is the state cop who was working with me on the, the police report, he said, I read this over because I know you're doing the whole ghost thing and all that, and I, I was just curious to see why it might be a ghost story. And you go, he said, if you read about the wounds, there's something that doesn't fit. Now, they ruled it a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head with a long-barreled rifle. It was a Marlin, I think Which is the name of the rifle. do. Which you can do. He said, you can get one off. It's not easy, but you can get one off. But he said, if you look at the police report, look at the skull fragments. 16 feet that direction, 22 feet in another direction. He said, that's two gunshots. That was most likely two gunshots. And when they found, he disappeared in February when they found him in, in July. They found his body in July. It was pretty hard to do any type of autopsy or anything. Sure. There wasn't a whole lot left. It was a hot summer. But uh, the cop said the bone fragments didn't add up to a self-inflicted gunshot wound based on where he was laying and where the fragments were. He thinks he got hit twice. Yeah. He said, you could shoot yourself twice in the head with a long barrel rifle, but he said, you probably will win the Powerball first. Yeah. He said, it's pretty, it's almost impossible to do. So that's an unsolved so mystery. They ruled it a suicide. Okay. It's still ruled. It'll, it'll always probably be ruled yeah. a suicide. No one's going to open up the case. Um, but he said, I think this guy got shot to you know, a stage to look like a suicide. This is from a state cop. So I'm taking his word for yeah. he thinks it was a staged suicide. And some of the people at the college have talked to us. And they said he kept to himself. He had a few close friends. And we talked to one of his roommates, and his roommate said he would have never killed himself. He was he was strange, but he wasn't suicidal. He did fall in love with this girl, though. He was really crazy about a girl, and she broke his heart, and that's what we knew. And the story goes that he proposed. I don't think he proposed. I think he just professed his love to her. And she said, I'm not interested in you. In fact, I don't ever want to see you ever again. Don't ever talk to me again. And he said the girl also had a boyfriend. Mm. So she had a boyfriend, found out possibly about what was going on. We don't know. This is all speculation. But the rifle was his. They all lived in the dorms. You can get in and out of people's rooms pretty easy. So we speculate that the rifle was taken out in the woods. The boyfriend hung out with him, not really... Mm-hmm. Doing the whole, I'm going to get you thing. The, hey, let's go to the bar, have a few drinks, you know, huh? we can talk about whatever. And then they said, let's go for a walk. It's a nice night. It's snowing or something, right? We'll go for a walk. And next thing you know, oh, by the way, behind that tree, he grabs it. Boom. Oh, he's moving. Boom. And it's over. Right. Right. It's not necessarily true, but. More likely. It's 
possible. It's more realistic. And the ghost story behind, he is probably the most active ghost on the island just based on the number of reports we get about him at Mission Point. Right. Security, housekeeping, guests. How many times have you Tons. seen him I've, after your initial 12-year-old I know experience? for sure once. One more time One more time. That. I know I've had experiences with him, mm-hmm. but I've only seen him one more time. And that was the one time that really I've never gotten so close to see, like literally closer than you are to me right now. He was like, where this TV is. And I'm standing there watching. We're doing our tour. We do our tour. Uh, at that, that night was a tour. We were going through Mission Point. Okay. And I was watching one of the tour guides. I don't give all the tours. It's just too many of them. Right. And um, I'm watching one of the tour guides just to see how he's doing, make sure he's got all the stories right and everything. I'm standing at the very back of the theater at Mission Point because there's a full theater stage, everything at Mission Point. They do movies, they do plays, everything. And I'm standing at the back. The guests are sitting towards the front. The person that's giving the tour is on the stage talking and pacing and being creepy. And I'm nobody knows I'm in there. And I'm standing there watching. And all of a sudden, I'm looking straight to my side. I notice there's somebody standing next to me. I can see him, just like I can see you right now. Checkered shirt. I can describe a little bit about you. The more I look at you, he disappeared. When I looked right at him, he was gone. But as I turned my head away, but looked back, he was back. He was there. And he wasn't just static. He moved, shifted his weight. He crossed his arms. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he was turning, he was doing like this with his head. He was just down. <laughs> people, yeah, people see things with a peripheral yeah, vision that you can't see straight. Yeah, I was just like watching this guy from the side of me going, I want to yell, turn around and take a picture to everybody in front of me. Right. But I know there are one on a ghost tour in a dark theater that's notorious <laughs> for being haunted, and they don't know why I'm behind all of them. It would have been a problem because they did it once before by accident. I can tell that story after. It's kind of a funny story. but So I just am experiencing this, and no one else, I couldn't yell, turn around, because it would have been bad. I'm trying to wave to the tour guide. He can't. It's too dark. He can't see me waving in the back, and he disappeared. He was there five five seconds, six yeah. seconds, something like that, just long enough for me to say, "Okay, yeah, he's wearing like okay, he's got a shirt, short sleeve shirt on. He has short sleeve shirt. It was not a t. It was like a t shirt, but it wasn't a t shirt. It had stripes on it. I remember it had vertical hmm. stripes on the shirt." And I was just like, okay, it, it would look like him. I've got pictures of Harvey. I've seen him. Um, it looked like Harvey. Wow. So I was like, that's him. It's him. He's standing right there. I've had other experiences. He's touched me on the arm one time, which is the weirdest feeling in the world. Has anyone ever been touched by a ghost? No. Nope. I've seen Have people touched? get touched, yeah. but not touched. Not violently. Him. I'm talking about like a gentle touch. No. Violent is the scratches and all that. And we, I try to stay away from those ghost stories because it's just trouble. Um he touched my arm, and it feels almost like if you get a balloon with a lot of static electricity, mm-hmm. that times probably five mm. is what it felt like. And my hairs were actually standing up where I could feel like somebody was touching me. Right. And there were a few people around me. Someone actually called me to where they thought something was going on because they didn't know. Because we do, like, sometimes we'll do a public ghost hunt, and there's people who've never done it before, and they're like, we need some help. We don't know what's going on, but something's doing something over here. So I go over there in my arm. I feel it on my arm. Another guy said he felt like somebody was tapping him on the shoulder. That's why I came over there. That's part of the reason. And uh, took a K2 meter, just a K2 meter, and put it on my arm. No watch, nothing. 
cell phone, I turn it off when I'm investigating. I had no electronics on me except a like um, digital recorder that was in my back pocket. That thing has never set anything off. Put the K2 meter to my arm. It went up. It had a reading. Now, I know people sometimes can generate readings, but not I've as high that. as this was going. Right. It was too high for me to be generating an actual electrical field like that. And then all of a sudden, I didn't feel it anymore, and it, it went down. It for, was gone. So for listeners and viewers, this is the number one most haunted place that you think on that, the island. And tell them where they have to go again to experience this. Uh, Mission Point Theater. It is open during the day. If they ask you to leave, be, be courteous. I mean... You don't want to trespass or anything like that. But they do leave it open just to explore, and people explore mm-hmm. it all the time. Yeah. Right. Let's talk time. about your rating system because that, oh, one, yeah, that yeah. one would be a 3-3-3, three, 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 right? Th- that'd be all the way to the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, we've had experience with other ghosts there, but Harvey's the one that's the most common. We've heard him talk. He's He knows my name. I have EVPs of him saying Todd. All right. It's a guy's voice, and he's there, right there with you when he says it. Yeah. Uh, now, it's we've gotten creepy. whispers, we've gotten whistles, we've gotten our name yep. on tapes before, but it sounds like he might have a relationship with you. He going, knows me. Right. I know. Right. And I'll tell you, <laughs> you know when activity is the best? After the winter's over and the island's coming back up because yeah. he missed us. He oh, misses people. Harvey. He does miss people. <laughs> and he just is really active when we first start towards the middle like this time of year he's not nearly as active as he is in the spring mm-hmm. and right before we leave for the fall mm-hmm. he gets a little more active then too but we also have another ghost we have a little girl named lucy some people call her abigail we have mary who sings um we have uh, a professor or, or he looks like a, they call him the judge because he wears a gown we think he was a college professor though he's been seen around the uh, resort lucy has been seen as an apparition a few times I've never seen her, but I've talked to a lot of people who have seen her. It's a little girl. She's got, like, dirty blonde hair, almost brown, light, light brown hair. Um, she has curls. She's usually wearing a little white dress, and she doesn't like men. She stays away from men. She'll, right. she'll, she'll, she'll peek in, but she won't get close to a man. She'll get closer to a woman, but she usually vanishes. Peeks around doors. Um, she has a seat up in the balcony of the theater that tends to be her hot spot. This is another creepy story, but it's... We don't know if it's a practical joke because it's just too crazy to be real, but yet we're dealing with the paranormal, so you never know. Right. We brought her toys. We put them in the seat that she goes to. We were doing an investigation. It was a lockdown investigation, just haunts of Mackinac people. It was no public, no, no, no friends, no nothing, just us because a lot of people want to do it, and usually we have public with us, and it's not the same. Sure. And uh, a lot of contamination. A lot of contamination, coughs, noises, people walking around, people using the bathroom, and nobody's saying, um, nobody's tagging their, what they're doing. Oh, tagging. Yeah. See, that's a term you use. Yeah, it's impossible when you have a big public You one can't do it. We use qualifying. qualifying. We use the right. term tagging, like stomach growls. Yep, stomach growl, past gas, burped, shift, <laughs> zipper. I think we have all uh, that opening stuff. Opening a bag, yeah. <laughs> walking around. Yeah. It's, yeah. So when we do it, we tag everything. We are in a lockdown, so no one can get in the theater unless we let them in or their mm-hmm. security. That's the only way anyone could get in the theater. And security knows not to come in when we're doing this. We have permission from the resort to do it, blah, blah, blah. So we take a toy up to her seat on the balcony. It was a little stuffed penguin. It's cute. I still have it. I still have the penguin. Uh, we put it on her seat, and we are setting everything up. We're getting the cameras going. 
and it was a really quiet night. We thought we heard no Harvey at all, no Mary, no nothing. We thought we heard a little girl chattering at one point, but we didn't pick it up on any of our audio. We all thought we heard a little girl chattering, but it could have been from outside, so we were like, mm, might be nothing. So we go to tear down everything. The dumbest thing we did was not put a camera on that penguin. Right. Because oh. guess who was gone? The penguin was gone. What? It was gone. It was nobody had gone on the balcony the whole night. We said, nobody on the balcony. It's hers. Yeah. Let's see if she plays with it. She moves it. Nobody go on the balcony. So we'll put these velvet ropes up. And everybody knows where everybody is. And it's really hard to hide in the theater. You can't do it if you're there's only like four people. So we get up there to grab the penguin, and there's no penguin, and the seat's sitting there empty, and I'm looking all over the place trying to find the penguin. There's no penguin. I was the one who put it there. I was the one who was getting it down. No one else was up there. Uh, everybody knew it was up there, so penguin's gone. Oh, my gosh. Well, who did it? Who did it? Who did it? Of course, yeah. that came out. Everybody looked in everybody's bags. Everybody was saying, this is a joke. <laughs> Who's doing this? No, we could. We had no penguin. So we thought, well, someone did it. It's a joke, whatever. And uh, or it's paranormal. We didn't know. We just were like, we'll just chalk it up to a strange experience. Uh, so but it turned up sometime. Well, you said you had the penguin, right? So there's more two to this story. years. Oh no! Later. What? Two years later, we're on a public hunt, and we checked it. We checked up there all the time. We leave our other toys and things like that. Nothing ever disappeared after that penguin. Nothing. What do I go? We, um, nobody, everybody's coming into the theater. No one's been in there. I went to go up there to see if she had moved. It was an Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, yeah. Etch-a-Sketch was still sitting there. And right in front, or the penguin was right behind the Etch-a-Sketch sitting on the seat. What did you do? I was like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Somebody's playing a really good joke? Or that thing was somewhere else for two years? Yeah. Because when I saw it, I was like, I literally was like, no, no way, no, no, right. no, no, no. Ah, I mean, seriously, around. if somebody was gonna pull a joke on you for two years, for two right. years, and the thing is, is everybody I knew that was around that could have done it was not there two years ago to bring it back and put it back. Right. As often as we checked that chair. Hmm. I would have taken measurements of that penguin right away. Oh, there's nothing. It was there, all dead. There wasn't anything there was on that nothing. Etch-a-Sketch. It didn't nothing like on the spell out help or anything. Oh, yeah, I know. But um, but we yeah, we left her toy. She's never taken anything since. She's never done it. It was just that one time that penguin disappeared. Yeah, we've, we've we still have toys. a penguin. It's just about this tall little keep, penguin. It's keep cute. That Got a bow tie on yeah. it. Keep that Etch-a-Sketch there. Oh, yeah. We, and then we next time, two years from now, we'll say... Hi, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I'm be like, it is a joke. It's got to be a joke. It can't be a ghost. They can't yeah. do that. That's a lot to do. I mean, you don't hear about ghosts making objects disappear very no. often. That's pretty rare. No. And that's no, why I was like, not. that's why I was very skeptical of it. Right. I still am skeptical of yeah. it. I'm saying it's the best practical joke I've ever seen. Yeah. Played on, on me. For two years. Go on for two right. years, and it isn't that big of a joke, but it is a joke. It I've is. seen things move, and when the same oh, yeah, time the meter was move. lighting up, Brandon would have had a picture of his ghost that he saw except we had the camera pointing in a different direction yep. so but uh yeah so that was lucy and uh she's typically running around she's not very like i said she's not very social yeah. but she'll check on you so and mary was another one where we put pieces of a puzzle mm-hmm. together uh we were had we had an investigation years and years ago 
Uh, we were in the lobby at the same place theater. Theater's pretty active. It's probably the most active spot on the island. There's a lot of active spots, but that's that's one where we could go in and tell people you got a 60 to 70 percent chance of getting something we can't explain. Wow. I have a few on my list that they're all three times three yep. on your rating system. Rifle range, Fort oh, Mackinac, rifle range. Yep, Fort. St. Cloud. You talk about the Pine Cottage and the Chateau Lorraine yep. in both books. Yep. Um, Bailey Cottage, Mission, Mission Point, and Mission Point Resort. Are those two different things? Mission Point, Mission Point Resort are the same thing. Well, oh. Mission Point Mission Point is a region of the island. It's a point. is a missionary that, that came there. Reverend Ferry came there and established a mission, and he built Mission House. That's the oldest structure on Mission Point. And then there's the Mission District, which is Mission Point Resort is in the Mission District. And uh, that was built in like the 50s, 1950s by the Moore Armament Movement. But uh, Mission Point Resort is pretty much the same thing in both books. It's just the new stories, new information, new history. The, when we found more information about Harvey and his, his background, we put more in there about that. Things that have happened... Uh, just so many different things along. You rate lines. three categories: your time scale, intensity, and regularity. And then it's kind of like uh, strength of activity, yep. frequency of activity, and most recent reporting sightings. Mm-hmm. So somebody can get your book. You have, <laughs> and I should update it because some of them have gone down, and some of them have oh, gone have up. They? Oh wow! And you, it's you changed. can go. You tell them exactly what road to go to. Oh yeah, exactly I, where to go. Interesting thing about this book is this is the first book ever published that has addresses. Yes, on Mac you can go right to it. They didn't have addresses before. This book, I was on the phone with one of the city clerks for probably three hours trying to find out. I was like, okay, I need this place's address. Hold on, let me look. Because they literally got addresses a week before I was putting them in the book. They started getting addresses. I beat the phone book. Yellow Pages didn't even have it at the time. So it was the first book that had addresses. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make this. This is going to be something new. It's, It's take advantage of the fact that I know the address of it. And people can now find it easy. You talked about how you couldn't find stuff when oh, yeah. you were younger. I mean, now there is stuff out there. That was a topic that we had for our final thought. Um, and uh, how these these pieces are all starting to intersect. Yep. Because you don't just talk about haunted places. You talk about monsters, tragic yep. tales, shipwrecks. Shipwrecks. And lighthouses. Fairies. Fairies. I wanted to <laughs> yes, get into fairies. fairies. I'm glad you brought that yep. up because that's one of Brandon's... Um, he's he knows more about that than the rest cool. of us. Maybe I like talking to people who know about it. And you have a <laughs> you have a uh, a picture of some fairy lights in here. Are they colored? Those at are all? not real. Oh, those are a recreation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have I think two photos, three photos. I think we have three photos. We're pretty sure we caught. We have them caught. We've got something. I was there for one of the photos. The other two were given to me, and I can't explain it. It's you know, there's the whole orb thing. These is no, not even close. Right. The orb thing is the dust, bugs, water right. vapor type yeah. thing. You talk about orbs in both yep. books. You kind of on the second book say, oh, we're not going to use that. We're forever. not going to use that anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, but in the first book, my definition of what an orb was was basically turned out to be what these fairy lights tend to be, and they were nothing you were going to catch easily on camera. And you can see it with your eye. You don't. But is there a color camera. to them? That was my. Question. There's a color. They're yellowish white. Uh, most of the time, I've read stories and heard people tell stories of blue. Um, they, they various colors, but mostly whitish yellow. Uh, 
it's a hard color. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pale yellow, really okay. pale, milky yellow. Uh, I've seen him two has times. Some yellow on her. Maybe like a little lighter know. than that, but a little bit lighter than that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I was next. I was ten feet away from someone who got a picture of one. And, and this is on the island. Oh, this is on the island. For They're everywhere, though. By yeah, the way. for our listeners, these are experiences that on, happen these on happen the on island. Mackin island. Were they in a specific spot in the island? There doesn't seem to hold a whole lot of rhyme or reason to where okay. they are. Okay, so random. Does they it don't matter? tend to be in buildings, though. They have happened in buildings. They aren't common in buildings. Are they in forests? I mean, are they Wooded in places areas? Na- where there's lots areas. of trees? Yep. And lots of trees, of water, like shorelines. They need to have um, the environment. We think they're an elemental, either they're a cryptid or a spirit. We don't know for sure which. Um, depends. I mean, there's a lot of elemental. A lot of these people don't understand. A nature spirit, it. right? Something yeah, that too. never lived, never was a human. It's always been in a ghostly type realm. But uh, she took the picture of it. She screamed. She swore. Oh. Uh, she wasn't taking a picture of it. She was there. You know the cairns where you stack the uh, rocks up. Oh, near yeah. shorelines and things like that, to yeah. mark trails, the island gets covered with them. And she was taking a picture of one that's particularly large, and she took the picture, and the next thing, I didn't know what she was doing. She was 10 feet away from me. We were on, Actually, it was a public investigation. There's a bunch of us there uh, spread out across the shoreline, right out in front, in front of Mission Point, down by the water. And uh, she just, she swears. She goes, oh, my gosh, I know you were talking about those fairy things. Come here, come here, come here, come here. She shows me, and she I do have, she did send me the picture. That's one of the pictures we have. She goes, is this what you were talking about? I'm like, wow. <laughs> it was exactly what I was talking about. It was moving. It was moving quick, and they do move quick. When I actually saw one myself, I couldn't believe how fast these things can move. But uh, she, it was like a streak right in front of the car, the car that she was taking a picture of. It was kind of a fuzzy streak, and then a bam, bright yellow, white blob. And... I looked at her camera, I looked at her lens, I'm like, I know this is just doing procedure to make sure, to debunk. I couldn't figure out how she got would have gotten it, and it had no, nothing around it, it was floating. It was definitely free floating. You know and, what to look for. Yeah, I know what they look like now. And she said it was there literally as fast as I could push the camera button, and that was it. And I didn't, I saw a flash in front of me, and I thought it was the camera, but... The camera flashed, and she said there was something else. And then she looked at it, and that's when she was like, there was something else. Oh, my God, I got one. Uh, they tend to hang out near the shoreline, too. And uh, I wasn't too far away from the shoreline when I first saw one. For, now I was skeptical of these things because fairies, right? Tinkerbell, she's over there on the wall. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's funny because like, uh, I think it was our first podcast. We were talking about fairies, and then he's like, oh, there's pictures Tink, of fairies sitting over there. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a picture weird. of Tinkerbell on the wall. Yeah. And uh, actually above it is like a whole bunch of fairies. It's a fairy picture. Yeah. It is. It's Disney, but it's a fairy picture. It's right. actually yeah. some, oh, it some yeah. lights, too. <laughs> it is funny. That's how they look. That's kind of how they look. <laughs> oh, boy. But, but, need some uh, Twilight Zone yeah, music. I'm, I was just done with work downtown. I live up the hill. So you got to go up past the Grand Hotel and all that. And By horseback? Going. No, walking. <laughs> I don't know how. I would love. I don't know that. how you travel. Let's put on it this the way: island. I would love to take a bike, but that hill's steep, so I usually just walk it and just because I hate walking my bike up the up the hills. It's great going down, but going up. Uh, so I usually walk home. I'm walking home. It's somewhere around midnight, and 
I go by this. There used to be a house. This is past Grand Hotel. It's West Bluff um, Road, which is basically one of the best sunset views on the island. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at the bridge, the straits, the mainland, everything's out there. It's a beautiful view. And I'm walking up, and there's a house that used to stand there. This now, there's a garden now, but there used to be a house there burned down. No one died. There's no story behind it. But there's a really elaborate garden with waterfall fountains and a gazebo and all this. Very fairy mm -hmm. friendly type garden. So I'm walking. I don't think anything of it. And most of the time when I'm walking home at night in the dark, I'm just like, just don't scare me. If you're going to come and show yourself, whatever you are, <laughs> ghost-wise, just don't do anything mean. Don't come up and like tap me on the shoulder or turn around and they're like, <laughs> and then they disappear. But uh, so I'm just like, I'm thinking this in my head, which might have something to do with it, because all of a sudden I see a light, maybe 10 to 15, 20 feet. I couldn't be sure how far it was, but it's in the garden. And it just goes pop on. It looked like a yellow white lantern, like almost like a candle, but not as yellow. And it's fuzzy. It was really fuzzy. I caught it on my peripheral vision, and I was like, there's somebody in the garden. <laughs> then it moved in front of me. It couldn't have been between that box right there and me right there, right, right here, this thing. Right. Uh, that's about how far in front of me it flew. And I've never seen any living thing, maybe a bird diving at high speeds, move like that. I mean, it was just, and it was lit up the whole time. And I, of course, now I'm watching the thing going out over the, off the bluff. I'm up about 110 feet up, maybe more above the water on a, over a bluff, watching this thing just going straight out over the water until it finally just was so far away. I couldn't see it anymore. It's probably about that big. A little, big, a little now, bit bigger than the that could have been extraterrestrial. That's true, I don't too. Know. <laughs> Some people say fairies are extraterrestrial, Oh, too. yeah, maybe. Or, or those stories. Or a time dimension. But uh, it's hard to say. I don't know what it was. I remember getting back up to my where I live up there, and one of our my roommates was up there, and he's like, you see a ghost? Yeah. He was being funny because right. he saw there was something. I was like, like, I can't believe what I just saw. And they know he, I mean, he knows what I do, so... And he's just like, I was like, no, it wasn't a ghost. <laughs> it was something a lot different from a ghost. I've seen a ghost. Yeah. I never saw anything like this. And I described it to him. He goes, oh, you need to talk to Jill. Jill sees these things in the woods all the time. You need to talk to so-and-so. So -and, and I got a laundry list of people who have seen the same things. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, fine. I didn't believe it. I was skeptical. I thought, mm, fairy Tinkerbell, no, maybe. Right. I've heard the stories. Mackinac Island used to have uh, uh, like a side name of the fairy isle. Like back in the 1800s, it was but called there, the Fairy that Isle. That might have been the Giant Fairies. Yeah, that's the Giant Fairies too, possibly. I don't know. but right. So I saw this thing, and what did I do when I was 12? When I saw a ghost, I started looking into it more and more and sure. more. So I've been looking into these more and more and more. I'm reading books. I got a book that's from the 1600s that I'm reading right now about fairies. And it was a guy who was completely rational science minded. Maybe you should hold it up. If you, got, um, if you got it handy, because yeah. we, you know, and we're promoting uh, authors. This is a reprint of it, but it's by Robert Kirk, The Secret, Secret Commonwealth of Elves, Fawns, and Fairies. Yeah, give Gene a chance to focus in on that. Because, like, part of the deal that we're doing is we're promoting you know, Paranormal Unity and authors, especially ones uh, that I have to do I don't think he's with, around anymore. Oh, well, especially ones that have to do with uh, our area, Michigan, oh, and sure. Grand Rapids. Now, you talk about matrix matrixing and yep. your mind playing tricks on you. I know you put that notion in your mind before you saw that fairy. But see, matrixing, you see faces. 
You don't see yeah. you don't see ferries that are ninety no, miles an no, hour. No. Sixteen ninety two he died. The guy who wrote it. Oh. So it's the old book. Um Good research. Yeah. And uh I can't imagine the amount of research you do. I just like to read. And I yeah, I get through a lot of uh uh sure. sometimes, some especially names. in the fairies. I'm I'm a very science minded person, healthy skepticism of everything I hear and see. But uh some of the stories I can tell it's it's people who are a little mm-hmm. eh, they they might not actually be seeing a fairy. Uh, yeah. But Brandon's like that. There's he's some analytical and there's yeah. some there's an Oxford professor. This is in the sixties. Long story about his his family going on a picnic into like some area in the woods in England. And most of it happens to start some reason in England and Ireland. There's a lot of like focus there. Now, do you have some connection to England? Yeah, I'm English. Half English. Were you born there? British, no. No. But your folks were born there? No, my uh, my family's been... Actually, there's a lot of stories behind my family, too. We have a witch from Salem, too, but she didn't get killed. Oh, yeah. She recanted, and they let her go. Oh, yeah. They didn't burn as many witches as... No, the, no, no. ...led to believe. But, uh, so I'm doing all the research. I'm reading all these books and everything and trying to find the science. I'm looking into the fact that could there be a living creature that is transparent, a living creature that exists... This is where you get into colors and frequencies. That isn't a color that we can't see with the human eye. Sure. Possible. A lot right. of science will say not. No, 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 no. That's no, why you see it out of the peripheral eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has abilities that you don't have. You don't have straight. Yep. Use rods and, t- and cones differently. And I mean, I'm going to the science of it, how it's possible, how it could trick your eyes and everything. But well, it's amazing, uh, too. Like a lot of it, how like, the scientists have denied. The other stuff can exist, but now they're talking about oh, parallel dimensions probably exist. Yeah, and they even that say that stuff might they might cross over. I mean, I think that's what a lot of that stuff is is this different dimensions kind of overlapping each other. And why sure. not pick a magical place like a, an yeah. island? This island is not very big, actually. No, I, I'd recreate it. It's eight miles around, right? You eight ride, miles you ride around if you ride around. your bike around. Yep. And then, but square mileage, it's less than it's four, I big. believe. Yeah, it's not very big. And then, and your second book, Feels you, big. you marked a nine places that you can go on the roads, right right where they're located. Oh, in yeah. your first book, you have the same map, but you have 21 locations marked. So Some are repeat stories. They're not repeat stories. They're new stories from old locations. I don't know if I marked all those ones in the, in the new book. But, um, so with... Finish up with the fairies. Yeah. I'm researching the heck out of them, trying to figure out what they are. Still don't know. But in my research, I found out they are seen on every continent except okay. Antarctica. And there are a lot of people there, so it's just a matter of time, right? Uh, they have a laundry list. I mean, the names they go by, I can't pronounce some of them, but Iceland's got names for them, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, all over Asia, Europe. Uh, it's everywhere. They're, uh, literally, these things are everywhere. Now, I do go with the skeptical mind of some of these probably are something like swamp gas. Like, like the, there's some that false fire, false flames, things like those are some of the names, but that's methane coming out of the swamps that somehow ignites and it looks you completely have fireflies, different. Lightning bugs? Lightning bugs, island? fireflies. We don't have a lot. We, we have do them in have this area, especially this time of year. And I know what they look like, and they're like that. Yeah, yeah. You, can tell, you can tell a firefly. Oh, so wow. if this is a firefly, it's coming from like the Jurassic period, yeah. <laughs> and it's flying around looking for dinosaurs. No doubt, because this would have been. They had no body though, so I know it wasn't a firefly. It was just the light, and that's all it was was the light. But uh, last October, 
we went on I call I call wood walks. They're just something if some people are up and it's night and it's not super late and everybody's got the energy to do it. We have some flashlights. Let's go go wood walk, and we just walk in the woods. Now most people that go on these walks, they're looking for ghosts. These people were looking for anything. I know them. I'm friends with them, and uh, they're visiting. And I was like, you want to go look? And they're like, maybe we'll see some fairies. Maybe I doubt it, but well, maybe we'll see the ghosts. We walked where the Harvey site was and all that and we walked to arch arch rock at night most people never see arch rock at night they see it during the day it's cool at night it's totally different with the stars and everything it's amazing so we're at arch rock at the top it's a windy windy night it's probably 45 degrees and there was seven of us that were there one other investigator was with me that i'm friends with and there was other there's another person who's a paranormal investigator he's friends now but we just met literally just met that weekend and a few other people who are investigators or fans of the invest of ghost hunting and all that so we go they're taking tons and tons of pictures of our truck at night and because no one ever goes up there at night so they're getting unique pictures and myself and the guy i just met weren't standing over by the rock we're standing over on this like parking area for carriages it's loud we can hear the wind whipping around we hear the trees knocking branches knocking and then we're just standing there waiting and all of a sudden we started hearing chants like native american chants from the woods and we're like it's got to be the trees they're creaking they're they're doing that no and we're still sitting there we're like that's not trees that's a human voice and there's a bunch of them and we were just like no, someone's going to come down the road. There's two roads to get there. Someone's going to come down the road. We're going to see flashlights. And it's black. I mean, it's pitch black. Without a flashlight, you can't do it. You can't get up there. Someone's going to show up. Yep. We're going to hear them talking. We're going to see a flashlight. We're going to see something. Nothing. The whole time we were there, not a single person. We didn't see a single person our whole time coming up or going back. Or while we were up there, it was just us. We had no contact with anyone else while we were up there. So we're just like... Okay, we heard that. It was Native American, like, right. you know how they do the chants. Yep. Yeah. And we heard it, and then my friend who's an investigator comes up, and she looks at us and goes, what do you guys hear? What do you see? Because <laughs> she knows me when I'm in the middle of, like, investigation mode. I look, I act different. And she's just like, what? I go, just just listen. You hear the trees knocking. She goes, it's the trees. I go, no, it's not the trees. Just keep listening. She got a little one. She got a... And she's like, no way. <laughs> and then we told everybody else. So when we told everybody else who was with us, we are standing there all facing the trees just with our eyes peeled, looking for a Native American ghost or something like that or people actually walking down the trail. Then the light came. We had a fairy show up. Oh, yeah. They It popped up. It, we were probably... 70 feet away from it give or take it popped up not on the concrete it was in the trees right in front of the trees at the tree line and it came kind of just right up out of the dirt Hmm. it was maybe two and a half to three feet above the ground floating was not on the tree it was floating away from the tree everybody could tell describe it perfectly yellowish white light um this one was a little bit bigger than the first one i saw it moved kind of like fluid like moving and then all of a sudden, it went into the base of another tree. It was gone. It Do you just think that like was related we saw it. to the chanting. 
that's something I don't know. Right. So we thought, I thought about that. I was like, could this be related? And that was nice because I had witnesses with me. I now you talk, you have saying, a couple chapters massacred native girls. Yeah, that's the Michilimackinago. And then also, oh, that's right. um, you, you talk about how the island was just a cemetery for centuries for Indians. So, I mean, it's likely that there are spirits there from ancient times. There's so many legends on that island of it being like a Garden of Eden, the home to their Geechee Manitou, which was their great god. It was just like a sacred, sacred place. Island of the to Dead fight. was one of the chapters. Because yep. there's a lot of buried bodies. Um, they were sacred land. It was like a really important place to the Native American culture, especially in the Midwest. And they would take chiefs, medicine men, the families of those people, and they would bury them in sacred ground. And it's kind of like if you think how if it's popular and Hollywood with is doing it and it's something that's trendy and everybody wants to do it, they follow. So it went from being chiefs and medicine men because they were setting the trend to everybody wanted to be buried on Mackinac Island. Right. So if there was a spot deep enough to bury someone, someone's probably already there. Well, I could see that being a problem. Um, we find human remains almost every summer. Well, you you'll said hear they whispers. moved to cemetery, but they, they moved. That was a European settler. They didn't move everybody. They move everybody. Yeah. The well, we're, we're actually winding down here, so we oh, have to sorry. get to the final <laughs> thought. Um, I have to, we have to get the titles of these uh, oh, yeah. books out because uh, book one is Haunts of Mackinac, Ghost Stories and Tragic Tales of Mackinac Island. And then book two doesn't deviate from that title nope. too much. Haunts of Mackinac, the next chapter. Yep. And more stories. Yep. And uh, tragic tales of Mackinac Island. If you're going to the island, I suggest you buy both of these books and you won't need to buy a road map. Yes, yeah, there's maps. It tells you how to get that how to get you need to, to go there. Yes. And even if you aren't into the ghost stories, the history in there is pretty good, too. I mean, it tells you a lot you're not going to hear from anyone else. It took a lot of time to research the history on some of Now, those. 80% of this island, I understand, is state it's park. It's state park, yep. But you can't be there at night. No, you can't. Oh, can you? But you can't can camp anywhere. it. You can't camp. You can't camp, but okay. I seem tense, but I know that they're not supposed to be there. Okay. I've seen I them bet. in the woods. Yep. I would probably press that myself. Yeah. So my final thought is, you know, these uh, this collage of paranormal things is coming together. The puzzle's coming together, like Brandon likes to put it. You're a giant piece of that puzzle. We know exactly what it looks like. I think it looks like a horse's head myself. And we didn't get... The, I uh, like the skull of a horse's head. I can we see didn't it. get to the significance of the horses on the island. That's why I ask you if you rode that's our main. That's our main means of transportation. But they don't stay there in the winter. No, there's a few that do, but not many. But one, one key thing that you said is you're talking about the fall and the winter for seeing ghosts. And you explain it scientifically oh, yeah. in the book of why that maybe is. But that is a fun fact that I also um, had expressed earlier fall you see in winter you see more apparitions than you yep. do any other air's top, drier air's drier that's what you explain in here and in the northern part uh, region of the united states yep. uh it, well, it gets us colder and the air is drier yeah right so but my final thought is you know these lines are starting to intersect and overlap and these pieces are coming together and you're a big part of that you're a highly anticipated guest thank you so thank much you. For coming here, I'm I'm not going to promote myself too much. Uh, my number's up there, two three eight eight one three two. I'm only doing smudgings. I'm not uh, ghost hunting anymore. 
But uh, these guys are Ghostbuster, Ghost Hunter. They have all kinds of things. I think that they probably have some dates they want to tell you and their final thought. But uh, and then we need to wrap it up. Brandon or Kim? Okay. Well, I can do my final thought. Um, I was so excited to see you today. I met Todd uh, last year at a fundraiser that he was uh, participating at to help me out during Mm -hmm. my cancer struggle. And I saw you talk on stage, and I was so impressed with what you had to say. Um, I'm excited because uh, I really want to read your books. I I wanted to read them before, but because of my medical struggles and stuff like that, but... Um, I'm super excited now. So um, that's going to be my next stage is to sit down with a nice, good book and uh, read your books. And um, quick read. Oh, oh, well, that's I good. Designed, that's the I way I like it. That that's way. the way I like I it because I'm not really a reader. Read. Um, I want to know uh, for our listeners and viewers if they wanted to come and do like a tour, mm-hmm. um, either with you or your group, how do they do that? Well, one, you have to get to Mackinac. Well, yeah. Obviously. Well, is that uh, something that has to be prearranged ahead we of time? We do our standard public tour every night at 9 p.m. till almost the end of October. Okay. So, do you have to sign up you, ahead of time or it's it first helps. come, first serve? We always say if you can get tickets for the tour, we sell them online on okay. our website. That's uh, best to get them tickets. Yes, there's a fee because it's like Ticketmaster, but you right. don't have to worry about getting there. And finding out what a lot of people tend to find out, it's sold out. Yeah. We fill them up. We can't, yeah. we can't put Well, how do people, people get tickets? Uh, Hansamackinaw.com. Okay. And there's a link to the ticketing company that does all our tickets okay. online. Okay. So you can buy your tickets ahead of time, make yep. sure you're in, and not show up at 9 o'clock and be like, sorry, we're full. And that happens more yep. often than I'd like, yep. but we can only do so. We only have so I get many it. tour guides and, I get and it. so much room. So. Yeah, I get it. Well, but, thanks um, for sharing that. We do sell the tickets there too, but it's... If it's if available. Okay. Okay. So. Because I think after hearing what you had to share today, I think more more people are gonna be like, let's go to Vicky, let's go to Mackinac Island, right? Oh, and then the books have some of the stories. The tour has some other stories right. that aren't necessarily in the book sometimes, and I've got a heck of a lot more up here that. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's never gonna like, be the so same tour twice. Wins the final chapter. Right. Haunts of Mackinac the final chapter, which I just started taking notes on. So okay. it'll be a while. It'll so be a while. number three is in the works. It's very early. Okay. Very early stages, but yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Right, me um, too. Ghostbusters, what we got going on there is uh, this weekend we're doing a 4 by 4 roundup to raise a lot of money for two of my charities, which is uh, Shields of Hope and DC Strong. So if you're in the Zealand area and if you're familiar with like where Vitaly's Pizza parking lot, advanced auto, advanced <laughs> auto um, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. this Saturday, uh, please come out, see some awesome 4x4 trucks, Jeeps, you name it, and uh, do some, uh, we have some amazing auction items. And we are really trying to raise some big bucks for these two charities. So that's wow. what I've got going on that's in the good. Ghostbusters. Bravo, Kim. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to thank Todd for coming on. And uh, it's going to be on our me. other uh, podcast, the Kent County Paranormal one. So if you enjoyed this, we'll probably be covering some other topics because with Mackinac Island, we can keep going because there's so many sure. stories on that island. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, for like the two hours, hours don't even hours scratch, hours. A, scratch the surface. So yeah, if you like this, yeah, check out the Kent County Paranormal podcast as well. For sure. Any, anything that you didn't get in that you want um, to get in? 
Books are available at hauntsmackinaw.com and Amazon has them too. Uh, we do the tours so long as there's not severe weather, which okay. we've had a lot of that this year. Yeah. Which is unusual because we've been doing tours for like 12 seasons now. And I think we've only canceled three times in 12 seasons this year. We've had to cancel three times already. Wow. From lightning oh. and heavy weather. And yeah. we're just like, eh, we'll rain check, but we do refund too if, if people can't stay. Okay. But, um, yeah, you can get tickets in the books on the website. You can get uh, them on Amazon as well. and uh, Go to a presentation, have them sign yep. them. Like I'll be, I I will be at Michigan Paracon this year. There oh, you go. good. I'll I'll be always, there. I've been there every year since the first one, actually. <laughs> if people get a chance to go to those things, go to it's them. A, that one's big. It's yeah. like enormous. That's a, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, right? Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, yeah they got like yeah. everybody. And then um, <laughs> like the I will be. people from the TV shows yeah, awesome. yeah, Oh, yeah. Josh Gates, all, uh, all the big names are oh, always there. Oh, gotta love him. Uh, and then I'm doing a uh, presentation at the Old Mill in Dundee, Michigan in early November too, so. Okay. Excellent. We have William Konkoleski. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm sure yep. you do. <laughs> These lines all are intersecting, I love it. Um, UFO expert, he's gonna be here August 1st, 2 p.m. Um, He's doing presentations in the area libraries, Coopersville, Grand Rapids, Plainwell, and Jackson. So get out and see him. Uh, he's got a book out, Experiencer, Raised in Two Worlds. So I'm anxious to hear what I've he has to. I've talked to him about it, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And sure. then August 7th, 7 p.m., St Steve Wilson from Australia, Psychic Medium, is coming on the show. <laughs> yeah, you Australia's probably didn't meet him. Right. But uh, that's it. Todd, thanks. Uh, well, thank we you appreciate for it. Me. Appreciate it. Peace out. Take care.